0: Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Almighty God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that you have preserved us and brought us this far. Thank you that because you love us, you always speak to us. This morning, I ask that you take over and speak to your people. I ask that, Lord, you bless us. And we'll live here inspired even to do greater works for you. We thank you and we bless you. Even want to remember those in the hospitals this morning, those who are crying unto you for help, even the believing and unbelieving, the Lord, through your miraculous touch, they will come to experience you in a very special way. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I've been asked to speak on generosity. And so whilst I was preparing for the service, I just remembered something that happened in my childhood. Up till now, when I remember it, I laugh. I can't believe I did that. So maybe that's my most um, vivid example of generosity in my childhood. So I remember so growing up um, in Dansuman, we never used to have walls. You could just walk from one end to the other. It was just, uh, later on, people started planting this um, milk bush or whatever it is. But you could just walk, and it was a real community. And I remember one Sunday, I went to a friend's house. And the, his mother was very generous give us a bowl of fufu and palm no soup and we ate the thing about generosity is that if you are the receiving end you think it's the best thing that God brought on this earth but sometimes when you have to be the one giving that's where you know how much price how, how much it costs to actually be generous so after that we went to my house and I didn't know but okay so I went to my house, but when I was going to his house, I knew they were pounding for food in my house, too. So when I got home, I thought that my family would respect protocol and wait for my friend to leave before they serve us. So before, before long, my auntie came to put the table there, set one, um, put one chair on the other end and put one at the other end as well. So I was supposed to sit there. The guy sits opposite me and then brought the food. Even when he brought the chest, I thought they would still wait for the guy to leave before the food comes. So finally the food lands on the table. And my, the other expectation I had was that my friend would say, oh, he's full. When they said, we should wash our hands. He also started washing his hands. So I started threatening him that if he eats the food, I'll go and tell his mother that even though she has given us food in her, her house, this guy has come to also eat in my house. Not knowing that my auntie was watching, so my auntie said, "Is that what you're doing? Is this what you're doing? Okay, he will eat, no matter what you do." So she also pulled the chair and said, "Eat." So I cried, I cried, I cried, and I didn't eat, and my friend ate the food. (laughs) That was my, I think that was my first brush with what it means to be generous, and what to be, what it means to be either the giving side and the receiving side. But this morning, in trying to prepare for the scripture, I tried to look at the meaning of generosity. And I got three definitions. One, to give money, help, or kindness. Especially more than usually expected. Especially more than usually expected. To give money, help, or kindness. Liberal in giving. So it says someone who is generous is liberal in giving. And then characterized characterized by noble or kindly spirit. So once again, we're talking about money, help, kindness. And we're talking about a kindly spirit. So these are the definitions that I came across in my research. And I realized that for a lot of us, whenever generosity is mentioned, the first thing is giving something, and especially in the area of money. But we all know that it goes beyond giving money. And I saw three characters in the Bible that i referred to in the course of the scripture, that did different things and all of them God considered as generous. So the first one was Cornelius. Bible says that he was very generous in his almsgiving. So he gave money. The second one was Dorcas. Bible says in Acts chapter 9, um, 10 that when Dorcas died and Peter garments that doctors had made So this is another person in Bible in Acts as a very generous... Look at the last character, the, the, the widow also gave what she gave bread for she That in the case of Docas, she was a woman who did good works. Good works. So I think it went beyond even the tunics and the garments that she had made for them. She was just generous to the people. So after looking at these three characters, and I, I, I'll just dwell a bit more later on these three characters, but I went to check what what does Jesus say about generosity. And the first scripture that came to mind, and I believe that we all got to learn this in our Sunday school days as well. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. The first word, and I'm reading the New King James Version. The first word that comes is give. Give. So it's a, not you may give, you can give. It's a give. And it will be given to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. And running over will men put in your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So for me, if we look at Christ, the first part is that he commands us to give. Give. To be generous. That's the first one. Later, he's not, he's not even talking about food. He's not talking about money. He just talks about being generous to people. The next one, so, and, and one thing I also realized in looking at this scripture was that. So he says you should give. So you give, literally, and then you receive in your bosom. And it's it really ties in with that scripture that talks about, yeah, running over, shaking to get, press down, shaking to the. you're receiving something, awesome. I believe it will be more than what you actually gave out. The second one is in the same gospel of Luke chapter 14 verse 12. Luke 14, 12. Then he said to him who invited, then he also said to him who invited him. when you ha- When you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, your rich friends, lest they invite you back and you be repaid. But when you, give, when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed because they cannot repay. So, I realize that he doesn't only command us to give, but he also... Is imploring us that in giving we should first of all check our motive. And I don't know why G- Jesus always makes it so hard for us. <laughs> I mean, if, if you, he always takes it to the next level. That don't because we've seen people give, but the motive. So so don't limit it to your rich friends and your neighbors who can repay you. So for me, the first principle that he, he tries to espouse in this scripture, can you, maybe the first test is, can the person repay you? Can the person you're giving the gift to repay you? For I me, mean, that's the first thing. The second thing is to say that they all draw our minds to people who need, people who are in need, and not limit our generosity only to our circle of friends, the people we are connected to, the societies in which we play and all of that. So, if the intention is to bless, if the intention is to just pour out from yourself to other people, then it will go beyond your immediate circle. Because I have seen people in... So, I heard a politician say some time ago that when he went out of power, that Christmas was the loneliest Christmas he ever had. Because when he was in power, the, the, the people would give and give and give and give. And sometimes he has nowhere to even put them. Now he goes into a position and people have forgotten. So then he brings Jesus' test of our motive for giving and being generous into perspective why are you doing this because sometimes we'll clap for you we'll take pictures, we'll do everything but you know why and, and, and sometimes even in our families we see people who will give to you because and in giving to you they are also making rec, taking records so that one day when you grow they will remind you that you, I give, I give, I give, I give. it's time for you to come and pay back Jesus for my understanding of the scripture or these two scriptures Luke six thirty-eight, Luke 14 verse 12 13 my understanding of once you begin to do perform an act of generosity with a certain expectation and that's the hardest test because nobody can tell you are the only one who knows Whether you're doing this because you're expecting a certain pay, I mean, some of them can look and see that this guy, the way he's going, I should make an investment in his life. So for all that they're doing, we think they're being generous. They're making an investment. So that in future, they can claim their investment from you. The thing about giving is that I I saw from this, it says, shall men give to you? So it's a certain principle that give us, and I've seen it many times, people say give us never lack. It's so true. That if you just do it in obedience to scripture, just that, I'm just doing it. I'm just being generous. And sometimes it's not even money, even the words that we speak, even our smiles, even look, we can, we can, we can afford to be more generous, I believe and one of the reasons why I like talking about, I, I, I like the fact that we're dealing with this as a, as a church, is that there are certain blocks of Christian character that we need to build, we need to generosity is one of them let's go to Acts chapter 10 so in Acts chapter 10 so in 9 we talk about Dorcas, in 10 we talk about Cornelius in chapter 9, verse 36, it says, At Joppa, there was a certain disciple. It was a certain. So, the first thing I discovered when I, I, I read about Dorcas was that one, she was a disciple. And it's interesting that Acts chapter. So, in Acts chapter 9, we talk about a generous person. In Acts chapter 10, we talk about another generous person. And he says that named Tabitha which is translated as Dorcas. The woman was full of good works and charitable deeds. I mean sometimes I tell people that me I don't believe in tributes. Cuz sometimes I know that people lie. And one of my bosses told me that uh, a woman's husband died. And they were having the funeral service and she was sitting on the front pew with the kids and tributes after tributes kept pouring about how good he was, how charming he was, how selfless, how committed, how faithful, how loyal, all those nice things we say to people so at a point the woman asked one of the children go and check whether it's your dad in the casket because she wasn't sure anymore whether it's this man he had, she had been married to for the last whatever number of years but in Dorcas' case the tributes just kept pouring in as soon as she died. People were showing things doctors had done for them. And Bible says that she was full of good works and charitable deeds. And that's why I'm saying that for me, generosity is also a block in the Christian character that we cannot overlook. And what you see is that when we are called, once you get born again, you become a Christian because you are following Christ. But becoming a disciple is the daily yielding to him. To say that even if you say even if if I don't agree with you even if my flesh or my mind does not agree, I'm yielding to you on a daily basis. And I'm subjecting to you what you say about this subject. No matter what I think or no matter what anybody says. So Dorcas had come to a point where she was a disciple of Christ. And in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 Bible talks about the fact that we are his workmanship. His workmanship. And we are created on, through Christ unto good works. Good works. And you see it demonstrated in the life of Dorcas. Very clearly. And you could see the women were showing what she had. And, and, and no wonder that they sent people, two people to go and get um, Peter and bring him to come and pray for the woman. Look, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall men. It was men. It was human beings who rallied and said, hey, we hear Peter is in leader. Let's just send some people. Men. So it's a certain principle that and, 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 and you're doing it in obedience to God. But in, in doing it in obedience to God, men, and I dare say women. Look, She gave people tunics. She gave people clothes. Maybe she did other things that were not mentioned. But she got life. She got life because of generosity. And I believe that one of the things we all have to reflect on is how we come across. Not who we think we are, but how we come across. And one of the things I did in one of the trainings that I got the opportunity to attend to, we were told to do, was to ask people how they experience us. So forget about who you think you are. Just ask people, how do you experience me? Go to your subordinates, go to your peers, go to your seniors, ask them. So we did a a set of questionnaires and we sent it to people. You see, the way people experience you has got nothing to do with who you think you are. But hopefully, as we go to people, those Christian traits will come through. And if it doesn't come through, then it means we still have some work to do. And I believe that we all can grow into it. Look, whenever I I travel, I get to see kids do charity work something that is very very uncommon in our part of the world I get to see kids saving money that want to go and give charity to charity some of them have never been to church before but I believe it's a principle that if you give it will come back to you once God has said it that's it so that's that's one if you look at the, the, the story, the interaction between Elijah and the widow of Zarephath, when Elijah prayed and shut the heavens, God told him that I have co- go to Zarephath. I have commanded a widow to take care of you. Remember that in Luke chapter six, verse thirty-eight, we are commanded to give. Now, in First Kings chapter seventeen, God tells Elijah go to this widow i have commanded so being generous is a command and we all can learn we all have strengths in we have strengths and areas of development so if you reflect if you start speaking to people and it comes through and you realize that you have weight you have you need you have room to grow in the area of generosity i trust that you fall on the grace of God to do that. Look, it doesn't give you easy choices. I was telling you, I had gone to eat somebody's fufu, and I had really enjoyed it. So when you're at the receiving end, it's the best thing. Look at where our country is. We have received and received and received and received. And there's something interesting I discovered. So, yeah, one of the evenings I saw um, generosity and abuse of Generosity. The thing about it is that look, those who seek to abuse your generosity it will always be their loss. I discovered in Deuteronomy 15 verse 8, God telling the Israelites that just give them what they need. Just give them only what they need. The poor people give them only what they need. If you have chosen to be poor, we'll just give you something that you will not die. We'll just give you what you need, food, water, don't die but to grow to get to a point where in earlier on, God has talked about you'll be borrowers and not lenders. You'll be lenders and not borrowers. So to grow to a point where, so if you think that you'll be always gallivanting and falling on us, so we'll give you, we'll give you. So sometimes there are people you meet them after five years, ten years, they're still begging. Because their mindset is that we'll feed on other people's generosity, but that's their problem. But as we go ahead to be generous, the God in heaven that we serve, he will keep his word. He will cause men to give to our bosom. He will also speak to people like he told Elijah, I have commanded a widow to take care of you. I, I, I see that sometimes we struggle with it because even culturally, there are times where you are growing and maybe your mother or your father will come and say, this is your other cousins, never give them money because they will kill you. These people, there's so much around us. Some of these things, oh, don't they? This world, I, I know someone, he said, ask for him. He doesn't do, give money, give money, rough, 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 because he discovered that there are wicked people in this world. If you give some, some people, when you do good to them, they can go and destroy you. This guy is living in a prison. For the rest of your life, you're living in fear. But that's the liberty that we have come to in Christ. And if you want to be generous, be led by the Spirit. Let the Spirit. Sometimes the Spirit of you, you feel the Spirit of God speaking to you. Prompting you. And look at the options the widow at had. He says, look, I don't have anything in the house. Save some small oil and some flour. And the the story is that these things we are picking. I'm just picking them to go and make fire, make some bread. We eat and we die. So, tough options, your son yourself and the prophet you have never met before so being generous is not the easiest thing to do if the spirit of God does not help you thank God God had commanded her, so God the spirit of God enables us so it's not something that we can just do easily because it's not easy to just give but remember every time you have been at the receiving end how good it was how pleasurable it was and let it inspire you. In our part of the world, I believe that we all need to start taking up a challenge and getting our kids to start saving with a mindset to give. The saving just to give. Charitable works. Just to give. Because if they can start early, it will become a part of what they do. I used to be in a, a fellowship, um, You for Christ. And even the pens that we used to write with, they would bring them from abroad. Some of these pens. It's school kids who have contributed money and made them t-shirts, all those things. All we knew that we were collecting. And nobody was also teaching us that even if it's once you start saving. Look, the borrower is always a slave to the lender. And if we want to liberate ourselves as Christians and liberate the people who, who follow us, I believe that generosity will unlock that big opportunity and bring us into a true place of liberation. Shall we pray? Father, you are generous. You are generous. You gave. You gave and you continue to give. We thank you this morning. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We We are inspired to be generous because of how fortunate and how privileged we have been. This morning, oh God, as your word has come, let it go with us. Let us go out there and demonstrate good works. That we are called, it says, in Christ Jesus, we are his workmanship through Christ Jesus for good works. We are his workmanship. As people go out there, I believe, and the Bible says that when Dukas was, was when Docas resurrected or when, when she came back to life, the impact it had on the community. Father, we pray that as we go out there, that as we demonstrate good works and as we demonstrate generosity, we'll be able to pull people to your kingdom. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.